Hello and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonja Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Today, it's my pleasure to speak with Bonnie Chu. She's the Managing Director of the Social Investment Consultancy and the founder of award-winning social enterprise Lensational, which equips marginalized women with digital photography training and digital skills. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Today, as part of our Digital Diversity, Equity and Inclusion interview series, We like to talk about grassroots and small entrepreneurial initiatives, as many of our listeners are not necessarily representing large international organizations. I'm so pleased for Bonnie to share her insights. My first question is if you could please tell us a bit more about the digital photography initiative that's engaging women. How did you start and how did you manage to scale it all up? Well, thank you, Sonia. Lensational really started uh, as a Facebook page. So I guess it's a story of how social media and all these technology tools we have at our disposal can actually create ripple effects and lasting social change. But I started it because I noticed the potential of digital photography for people across the world to express themselves in a group that I care deeply and that I feel very passionate about are women and girls. And Particularly, I've noted that two-thirds of the world's illiterate populations are women, and photography being a tool that is basically a universal language that transcends cultural and language barriers, I thought, well, could there be an idea to actually use photography to empower women and girls? So that was the idea, but in order to start it without any funds backing me up, I just started a Facebook page and from that I asked my friends to like it and we started gaining traction. I actually started it on International Women's Day 2013 and it was also being inspired by other initiatives that other people have taken around gender equality. And from it, it just really snowballed and with great volunteer energy in particular, we've scaled to 23 countries in Asia and Africa. And so you really see how technology is able not only as a tool to empower women and girls, in my case, as the uh, mission statement of our organization, but actually technology is also a tool to enable my organization to scale up so quickly without large funds backing us up. Thank you, Bonnie. That is very inspiring and so encouraging because we always think we need to get really good funding behind ourselves in order to really have any impact or achieve anything. So what, what were your kind of main barriers you'd like to share with us, particularly when you started, but then also how did these maybe change as the project grew? Of course, there's so many barriers um, when you actually turn an idea into action, particularly working across so many different countries and in quite ch challenging circumstances. I would say the first barrier is, is of course, a very practical one. So a lot of our target populations actually don't have the equipment in order to engage in the course. So we had to think of creative ways around it. One thing that we started early on was there were lots of people, mainly in developed countries, uh, where they have upgraded their equipment or they no longer use their cameras. So they donated to us and then we would recycle 
these cameras and send it to countries where we have our programs. But of course, that's quite a clunky way of doing things. And and I would say a few years in, so you know, we started in 2013, and I think around 2015, we really then started seeing a shift with the affordability of smartphones. And so we started actually trying to pivot to smartphones. But then we en- encounter another barrier, which are so nuanced and deep-seated, and that's around gender norms. And gender norms manifest itself in so many different ways in our program. But just on that topic of smartphone, we then realize actually, while yes, there there is equipment locally, smartphones that women have can have access to. Women currently don't use smartphones as frequently as men, and that's really coming down to gender norms. That is not as appropriate for women to be using smartphones, or when they do use it, they don't own their own smartphones. And there was an example when we were training in Kenya with Maasai women. We realized that actually, for that program, we still use cameras, digital cameras, uh, with donations from other countries. And we realized that actually uh, there's a woman called Joyce, and she actually found using a camera to be really helpful for her to be that bridging point before she then started using her husband's smartphone. So I think that just was a really interesting example for us to see actually while digital cameras seem like this technology from you know the 20th century, it still has its place to help overcome some of the perceived barriers women have to technology. But gender norms also manifest itself in terms of how we engage men and boys in our programming to make sure that we are making really intentional efforts to engage them rather than them feeling that we're sidelining them and that we're only supporting the women and girls because we also have an economic empowerment component to our work that when we do sell, manage to sell the photographs taken by those women and girls, 50% of revenue goes back to them. And we didn't want to create this environment where then the men and boys in the families or in the in the circles of those women we train would then kind of see themselves as less well off as a result. So we had to navigate those dynamics really carefully. But thankfully, because we all operate through local partners and local volunteers, they were really able to tell us what's culturally appropriate and what not. And we tried to shift gender norms slowly but surely within that context. Thank you. That's very interesting. And I love that you're also mentioning the local partners and really looking at their expertise. Talking about partners or different actors, what, in your opinion, could those different actors do to assist the goal of digital diversity, equity and inclusion, particularly for grassroots projects like like yours? Yeah, we always work in partnerships because as a small organization, even with footprint across the world, we have to engage with people who are much bigger so that ultimately the women's voices get amplified. For global nonprofits, I think there there are a few ways that we have uh, engaged with them and that we hope to continue to engage with them. For example, we feel that actually photography is a great research tool. We are partnering with an organization now which uh, works in environmental activism and supports national governments across the world with improving their response to climate change. 
and they partner with us uh, to collect grassroots voices, so perspectives from those women and girls around climate change and what they see the policy priorities to be. So we don't have those policy mechanisms to be influencing governments, but global nonprofits do. I mean, what we have is the links to those grassroots and unheard voices and a trusted and trialed approach to ensure that those voices then get heard into very compelling stories. So so I think kind of really seeing photography as a research tool and these uh, women and girls providing very valuable insights into our global priorities, particularly when we think about all the sustainable development goals. And I think secondly, uh, nonprofits, we all procure images, we all procure communications, and often we don't interrogate who we procure from. And sometimes we start conversations with uh, global nonprofits. Who are you buying your images from? Who are your photographers? And, and even organizations that actually intentionally promote gender equality, sometimes by default, they just end up hiring the male, the male photographer or they just end up buying some stock images without really thinking through how those images or communication materials came to being in the first place. So we'll love to be, you can say, a communications partner or uh, supplying images directly to global nonprofits. At the heart of what we do is purposeful and impactful storytelling. And all global nonprofits need stories, but and why not do it in a much more ethical manner while also empowering women and girls? That is so right. I have to say, hands up. I certainly have purchased images from image databases, etc. It is hard to find an ethical way when you need a photo quickly for a campaign. But it's good to know that uh, your organizations out there, organizations like yours. So what's next for your project? Yeah, um, so I think there are two really exciting steps. I think one is I recently stepped down as CEO after being CEO for the first eight years of our being. And that's also partly because of our intention to shift the power and localization. So my successor, she is a Kenyan lady based in Kenya, and she's been volunteering with us for five years. Uh, she came to know about Lensational from a HIVOS event online when I was presenting in the Netherlands. And, and I'm just so grateful to see her really gain her confidence and like prove herself through the past five years and now really beautifully embracing this new role as CEO. Uh, but I think it is also me as someone, you know, I'm sitting in London talking to you today that I do realize uh, my own limitation as someone who is quite removed from the reality on the ground. And what can we always do to interrogate our own power and privilege? And, you know, if we are here really to empower women and girls, it shouldn't just be privileged women and girls who get the power, right? It should really be women and girls ultimately in the last mile. And we always have this kind of passing it on ethos and sensational. So I think me stepping away in this leadership transition really embraces this ethos. And I hope that more global organizations will also take that step. The second step is, I would say, a technological, not necessarily breakthrough, but evolution, perhaps. So one of the biggest uh, challenges I forgot to talk about earlier is actually image processing. It takes so much time, actually, to process the images, to tag the images, making sure all the captions are all right, and we know who's taken the image, etc. 
But a few years back, we started exploring the potential of artificial intelligence to really help us speed up image processing. And I mentioned earlier about the potential of photography as research, as visual research. I mean, by now, Lensational has like 20,000 plus images in our database. And it's just sitting there. Like we're not, we're selling as much as we can, but of course, no one wants to browse through 20,000 images. So we do curate the best images. But other than actually selling them, these images tell us so much about what's actually happening on the ground. And if we have a way to intelligently and quickly analyze them, we think that this could hold a lot of potential to helping this whole gradual shift towards more evidence-based programming, I think, in the development sector. So that's something we're also exploring. And I'm also I'm starting kind of a new uh, startup uh, called Humanity Data Systems that tries to take on this idea of artificial intelligence and image recognition. And then hopefully plug into Lensational's work when when we've started developing the technology further. It's so exciting to hear about Lensational and a very inspiring story and uh, also a very bright future. And also being brave and really knowing when it's time to pass on the power to our global partners or local partners, depending on where you're located. I think that's very, very important and also a brief decision from you. So this is already the end of my questions. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Speak soon. Bye-bye. More information about our upcoming podcasts or webinars are on our website, ict4dconference.org. Hope you will join us again next week.